Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. We've got crazy inflation this country has not seen in decades. We have no baby formula in sight. We've got millions of problems. But we got Joe Biden, and he made a, well, he mumbled some things today. It was his great big anti-inflation initiative. But boy, oh boy, I knew he had a problem when he walked in the room, actually. I mean, talk about a lack of leadership. Now, actually, some were encouraged. You know why? Especially on the left. They love the posters. Yeah, ever notice this when they try to make the speech a campaign? What do we have here? Tackling inflation, lowering costs. Yeah, uh, Democrats love to make it a theme and put it in poster form. I can't stand it when they do this. Uh, 200 million uh, COVID shots, they put that in a poster, right? It goes on their signage, they call it. How about awkward phrases like this? Lowering costs for American families. Can you see that back there? Uh, that doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. This is a little bit punchier. We can do this. Anyway, it's all propaganda. It's not substance. I mean, I don't know. Do you call this substance? I see, uh, and as I see it, everything, everything across the country is, as I go across the country, our economy has gone from being on the mend to on the move. Yeah, uh, uh, no, it's gibberish. And he said things that were flat out wrong. I don't know if he thinks we have no other access to information. There is the internet. We know stuff. Joe, we're not reliant on Walter Cronkite to give us skewed news anymore. When he tried this, well, we fact check him immediately. Take a look. The fact is the average cost of a barrel of oil has been steady for weeks. So, uh, so why do gas prices keep going up so high? Republicans would offer plenty of blame, but not a single solution to actually bring down the energy prices. You know, we have no plan. They have no plan to bring down energy prices today. You can get away with this stuff maybe in 1896, but it's 2022. May I present to you Lauren Boebert back in March. We should restart construction of the Keystone XL pipeline, overturn Biden's energy leasing moratorium, and expedite permits for pipelines and natural gas exports. We need the American Energy Independence from Russia Act and stop playing Biden's energy from anywhere from America game. Very specific, very practical, very doable. He lives in a dream world, a dream. Maybe it's just deception. Maybe it's flat out deception from Joe Biden. Uh, he's not getting things done. How many times have we heard that he's been fixing or working on or thinking about the chain, uh, the distribution chain uh, situation? Another reason why prices are up for products people need relates to whether or not the manufacturer has access to all the materials they need to build a product. Think of the materials you need to build a house. 
if you can't get the materials from the ship to shore, from the from the uh, from the shore to the home, the prices are going to go up. Uh, you think? Look, you've been jerking us around on this for too long. Everyone knows you're not picking up the phone and making things happen. Neither is your secretary of transportation. By the way, it was the uh, supply chain issue. I had a Joe Biden moment myself, but not like this. He doesn't know where senators are from. Rick Scott, Republican of Florida. He has some words for him today, but he doesn't know where he lives. Their plan is actually made working families is going to make working families poorer. You don't have to take my word for it. It's in writing. They've made their intentions perfectly clear. Senator Rick Scott, Wisconsin, a member of the Senate Republican leadership, laid it all out in a plan. It's the ultra MAGA agenda. <laughs> and may I present to you Senator Rick Scott, Republican of Florida. And uh, you want to call it ultra MAGA? Great. We like it. America first. Common sense. Yeah, it works for us. Joe, <laughs> MAGA is not a bad word, even though you want to pretend it is. Um, and then we get back to the gibberish part. I agree with what Chairman Powell said last week, that the number one threat is the strength. And that strength that we build is inflation. All right. Uh, Chairman Powell did not say any of that stuff. I like what you just said, though. You built inflation because that's a Freudian slip. You did, Joe. You did build this. But now he gets real because, remember, it's lunch pail Joe. He understands us, right? Look, I know you got to be frustrated. I know. I can taste it. I don't know. I, I just don't don't say that kind of stuff. Look, the inflation is getting worse and it's no longer, what do they say, transitory. It seems here to stay because of all the ridiculous amounts of money they're throwing at social programs. As recently as yesterday, uh, $65 billion so people can watch Netflix for free. If your household income is twice the federal poverty level or less, that's about $55,000 per year for a family of four, or $27,000 for an individual. Or a member of your household is on Medicaid or supplemental security income, or a number of other programs. You're eligible to affordably connect the Affordable Connectivity Program. Nearly 40% of the households in America qualify. Yeah, qualify. 40% of the American households. People can get the high-speed internet. They can, they can figure it out. They have access to it. If you, if you can figure out how to apply for it, you can, you'll already have it. You ever try to apply for one of these things? A lot of people did the PPP, PPE stuff. It's hard, it's complicated, and this will be too. Take a look finally on Joe. I know the families all across America are hurting because of inflation. I understand what it feels like. I come from a family where when the, when the price of gas or food went up, we felt it. It was a discussion at the kitchen table. Uh, he just get, he falls in love. He, maybe he starts believing his own lies. This is not true about gas prices when he was going up, growing up. They were the same. They held steady. We looked it up. Uh, <laughs> Joe was not talking about this stuff when pops at the dinner table. Okay, but, but, 
he has fooled the fake news. None other than John King. This guy's supposed to know better. He's like the director of politics at CNN. At all. Oh, one other thing. Joe Biden pretends that he understands business, that he understands the private sector. Just ask him. Look, you've heard me say it before, I'm a capitalist. I'm not out to punish anybody. A capitalist, you say, Joe. A capitalist. A lot of private sector experience. Let's take a look. A brief look at a portion of Joe's resume. He was not in school and not in politics for two years of his adult life. Two years. That's it. But man, he loves to say that he somehow is a great businessman and he understands it all. You've heard me say it before. I'm a capitalist. I believe you should be able to make as much money as you legally can. By the way, I'm a capitalist. I've said it before and I say it again. I'm a capitalist. Look, I'm a capitalist. If you can go out and make a million or a billion dollars, go at it. I don't want to punish anyone's success. I'm a capitalist. And by the way, I, 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 I'm a capitalist. <laughs> what does that mean? How is it helping us? It's just something he likes to say. It means nothing because right now, no kidding, there is a baby formula shortage. You know, it's one thing if you can't get a luxury watch, okay, but baby formula in America and take a look at these numbers. It's a serious thing. 40% of brands out of stock, stores limiting amount customers can purchase. This is an emergency. It would be great to have a capitalist as president comfortable in the business world with true expertise. Sound like anybody we know? They owed $7 million to Gucci, and they uh, were all set to do it, and then they decided to cancel. So I then called up Gucci. I said, listen, it's way far away from my location, but I'll give you a million dollars. I called up the commissioner, very good guy. And I said, Commissioner, uh, what can we do to get Big Ten football back? Well, I don't know. So we started. And we started a little thing, the commissioner, myself. And I saved the energy business. I got Russia and I got Saudi Arabia on the phone. And they cut way back. And we're now at $40 and plus a barrel. And we're saving tens of millions of jobs in energy. We're the number one in energy in the world. That's what we like, a wheeler and a dealer who can make things happen. This is not, this is not make-believe. This is real expertise. This is somebody outside the swamp who can do it himself. We like this, and it has worked for us. Here, oh, how about creating the vaccine? This is real stuff. He never gets credit, but he did it. And picking up that phone and smacking people around, it works. I spoke to the head of Pfizer. I spoke to the head of Johnson & Johnson. I spoke to the head of the greatest medical companies in the world. We're doing great. We're going to have it soon. Yeah, doing it. A leader, a president with expertise and knowledge of the private sector. That's valuable. What do we have now? We have Joe walking in with his briefing book and his signs. What do you prefer? What do we prefer? It's obvious. Hey, stay with us. Um, Corinne Jean-Pierre is the new press secretary. The fake news loves her, but quite frankly, she has said some terrible, awful, nasty things. They say that she's the first ever this, that, and the other thing. She's not, actually. Under Donald Trump, there was a very talented communication specialist at the Pentagon named Dana White. She should have been celebrated, but wasn't. Totally unfair. We'll be right back with more.
Hi, Rob Carson here. If you love watching Newsmax, you're really going to love listening to our new podcast. It's called the Newsmax Daily. I host it, and I give you the best briefing of the big news of the day, top newsmaker interviews, and even, yes, a few laughs. I know it's hard to believe. So if you're uh, driving, walking, exercising, just about anywhere, you can connect with the Newsmax Daily with me, Rob Carson. Find our podcast online or go to iPhone, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, and more, and start listening today. All All I can can say is is that that the fake fake news just doesn't doesn't get it, do they? (laughs) And the fake news, they are swooning for the new White House press secretary, Corrine Jean-Pierre. That's her name. Uh, They gave her a great big party and uh, they said goodbye to Jen Psaki last week, but somehow Jen Psaki is still there. I don't know what the heck's going on when she actually takes over, but the new girl, Corrine Jean-Pierre, she seems very sweet when you meet her. She seems very nice and, you know, but you listen to the stuff she says and the stuff she's tweeted. She's nasty. She's horrible. Take a look at this. Stolen email, stolen drone, stolen election. Welcome to the world of unprecedented Trump. That's December 17th of 2016. You see, it's okay when they say the election was stolen, right? Next. Oh, reminder, Brian Kemp stole the gubernatorial election from Georgians and Stacey Abrams. Okay, yeah. It's again, it's okay when the left says it, especially somebody like Corrine Jean-Pierre, she can go on talk shows and be as crazy and wild as she wants because she's woke and she's left. And, oh, by the way, she's black and a lesbian. I don't care, but she does. Makes it a big deal. Anyway, here she is being mean. The president has the temperament of a toddler and the mind of a white supremacist. He knows that he's emboldening uh, racist and bigots. A white man with all of his privilege comes on stage and steps into our personal space. Donald Trump's racism is a toxic and dangerous brew. We've known Donald Trump has been a racist for a very long time. That is not surprising. When you look at those protests, Joy, um, of those folks who want to take over the Capitol because they want to reopen the government, They're mostly white men, and they're mostly angry, and they have so much hate. Oh, those white men. We can't stand those white men. You know, racist, it used to mean something, right? A horrible, horrible thing. But now anybody you disagree with is a racist. And let me show you Donald Trump, the racist, getting a civil rights award, (laughs) a civil rights award with Rosa Parks and Muhammad Ali. They will say anything about you once you go into to politics. But again, uh, what's her name here? Uh, Karine Jean-Pierre. She's right. She's got so much going for her, right? She's left. She's woke. She's black and she's a lesbian. Again, not a big deal to me, but the mainstream media can't stop talking about it. We also would like to congratulate Karine Jean-Pierre, who is making so much history by becoming the newest White House press secretary. History is being made at the White House with the announcement of a new press secretary. Karine Jean-Pierre is the first black woman and the first openly gay person to take on that role. Karine Jean-Pierre will be the next press secretary, becoming the first black person and first openly LGBTQ person to serve as White House press secretary. International headlines, because... She has this job. Identity politics, um, the left, Biden White House. I don't know why this is such a big story. Well, those are the factors right there. But there are other competent people, supremely competent people who have had huge jobs in communications in the Trump administration and who, by the way, happen to be black 
women like Dana White. Have you heard of Dana White? She was the press secretary in the Pentagon. That's one of the biggest uh, spokesperson jobs in all of the world, the Pentagon. Great big organization. She worked very closely, a top aide to Secretary of Defense Mattis. They traveled the world together. She was a trusted uh, aide and lieutenant, and they traveled the world together. Um, there she is at his side, and I think they flew on military planes to Afghanistan, far off like that. But you never hear of Dana White. Why is that? Why is that? I don't know. You should. We should have. Is it because, I don't know, uh, the mainstream media doesn't like Donald Trump? Is it because I don't think she's gay? I, is it because, I, I, I don't know, but I think it's unfair. And take a look at her credentials. <laughs> uh, University of Chicago, language degree, speaks Mandarin, Chinese, and French. Studied economics and business in Beijing. Foreign studies in Seoul and South Korea. Uh, Press secretary for the Republican conference on the, uh, the House of Representatives, a staff member of the Armed Services Committee, advised John McCain back in 2008. These are serious credentials, and her service should have been celebrated. It won't be forgotten. It will not be forgotten. Well done, Dana White. All right. Also, we saw Joe Biden today struggling, hemming, hawing. Uh, he's in front of the nation's media. There, you can't see it, but there are like a hundred or so reporters in the room. And what are they not asking about? They're not asking him about the laptop, the laptop that has now been verified. Joe Biden told us, everybody, that that was Russia disinformation, and he doesn't get asked about it. And look at how he can control the conversation. He finishes up his phony baloney event about inflation, and then he can say, you can't ask me anything only about what I just said, only about inflation. And it works. If you're going to ask me about what I spoke about, I'll answer your questions. And they go along with it. I mean, is that how it works? I just saw the White House Correspondents' Dinner. They just told me that, uh, oh, they'll search for the truth and uh, they'll find the lightness uh, from the darkness, right? They love talking about how important they are and their job is. Just listen to them. To gird our democracy, we reporters believe that in the United States, no man or woman who holds or seeks power is above being questioned. Our democracy depends on journalists shining light and truth upon darkness and lies and bringing accountability to officials at every level of our government. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. Uh, but so pompous. They tell themselves these things. Joe Biden has not been asked about that serious lies all the time. He also tells little lies that bother me. Now, when Joe says this, I actually don't believe him. Now, I could be wrong, but... What do you think? I'll never forget getting knocked out when I was in fifth grade. And my dad walked out and said, get up, get up, get up. Unless something's broken, get up. Well, I think that's what sports tells you. you just get up. You get up. But my dad would say every time you get knocked out, just get up, Joey. Get up. And my dad said just one thing. When you get knocked down, get up. Just get up. Get up. Uh... I've heard that story before in a crackerjack box. Is that how Mr. Joe Biden Sr. said it? He's, that sounds kind of nasty. How about, are you okay, Joe? Or are you okay, Joey? 
I don't know. Something tells me it's one of those tall tales that Joe tells about everything. He tells serious lies. He tells little lies. He just, that's who he is. And that's who he promised us he wouldn't be. And he did it in the most solemn, over-the-top way. Everything he said he would be and do, he's failed at. My fellow Americans, I close the day where I began with the sacred oath. Before God and all of you, I give you my word. I will always level with you. I will defend the Constitution. I'll defend our democracy. I'll defend America. And I'll give all, all of you, keep everything you, I do in your service, thinking not of power, but of possibilities, not of personal interest, but the public good. And together, we shall write an American story of hope, not fear, of unity, not division, of light, not darkness, a story of decency and dignity, love and healing, greatness and goodness. May this be the story that guides us, the story that inspires us, and the story that tells ages yet to come that we answer the call of history. We met the moment. Democracy and hope, truth and justice did not die in our watch but thrive. That America secured liberty at home and stood once again as a beacon to the world. By any stretch, is he meeting the moment? Are we a, a beacon for democracy? You saw what happened overseas. Um, is he leveling with the American people? His solemn promise to level with us? Of course not. He is failing in every way. And some people are not afraid to call him out. Senator Rick Scott of Florida tweeted that given his condition, given his failings, he should resign. He was asked about it today. Joe Biden was. Major Republican says, you need to hand in your resignation, sir. Here's what happened. You called out Rick Scott a little while ago in your remarks. Earlier today, anticipating your remarks, he said, and I'm just quoting here, that uh, the best thing, most effective thing Joe Biden can do to solve the inflation crisis he created is resign. He's the problem. Resign. The senator added later. The senator added later. Joe Biden is unwell. He's unfit for office. He's incoherent, incapacitated, and confused. These are his words. Offering you a chance to respond. I think the man has a problem. It's not a laughing matter, Mr. President. Not a laughing matter at all. Think about it. When we come back, you know how the Black Lives Matter movement brought on uh, <laughs> crime like we haven't seen before? They're trying to do the same thing now via Roe v. Wade. It's very interesting. Stay with us. Heart. Now there's a place America gets its news. No agenda. Just the facts. Newsmax. Real news for real people. So with uh, abortion now the most important issue for liberals everywhere, Mayors like Lori Lightfoot don't have to worry about being mayors anymore, about cleaning the streets, about fighting crime. They can just talk about the stuff they love to talk about, like this. As a woman of color, um, as a, a lesbian, it's important to me that diversity is put front and center. Yeah, 
Those kinds of things, right? And now, really, she's got momentum, okay? This is a gift. She doesn't have to worry about real work. She can just say things like this uh, regarding Roe v. Wade. To my friends in the LGBTQ plus community, the Supreme Court is coming for us next. This moment has to be a call to arms. Ooh, is she talking about weaponry? We will not surrender our rights without a fight. A fight to victory. Lori Lightfoot, I got to warn you here, if I apply your standards to you, you're talking about possible insurrection. There are laws against that. I mean, that's what they did to our side, right? I mean, that's what you guys did to our side. And it was pathetic. One of President Trump's key defenses focus on what he said for a few seconds, 15 minutes into the speech. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. In a speech spanning almost 11,000 words, yes, we did check, that was the one time, the only time President Trump used the word peaceful or any suggestion of nonviolence. The implication of the president's tweets, the rally, and the speeches were clear. President Trump used the word fight or fighting 20 times, including telling the crowd they needed to fight like hell to save our democracy. And we knew what he meant, just like what Lori meant. I hope Lori doesn't mean taking up arms, and I don't think she should be hassled or harassed because she's using uh, military metaphors, okay? I'm cutting you some slack on this one, Lori. The slack that you and your friends on the left don't cut us. These silly games you play with words. It's not fair. However, you're not off the hook for all of your rhetoric that fed this false narrative of systemic and economic racism against people of color that has sanctioned and authorized this crime wave that we're all seeing. That somehow in the middle of the day, it's perfectly acceptable to walk in and take whatever you want. You guys and what you said, you're responsible. Racial injustice today is inextricably linked to economic injustice. I don't think we can address the devastating economic inequality in this country without addressing economic racism. The foundation of racial inequality is racial economic inequality, and the foundation of racial economic inequality is the racial wealth divide. We have a global economic system which is built uh, on foundations of Eurocentric values of white supremacy. You talk about that enough, and we've been talking about it for years, they've been pushing this stuff, guess what's gonna happen? The kind of stuff that we've seen happening, right? This anger, this rage, that somehow it's, it's righteous, somehow it's, you know, you're supposed to take back from the system that has taken so much from you, and criminal justice is just going along with it, no bail, no arrests, no, it's just, it's crazy and they're responsible, their words. And how about people just getting punched in the face for being who they are? Now this has happened, especially in the Asian community, people just walking up to them and punching them. And I'm sorry, you can look it up. It happens to be the assailants are often people of color. And I do believe it comes from the rhetoric, the horrible rhetoric of the left that has demonized and delegitimized the good guys, the cops.
Police are supposed to protect and serve, but it's clear that they are protecting the beneficiaries of inherent racist policies. And of course, cities have to end the racist policing of black communities. That's where we all started. They're not about one bad cop or one good guy with the gun or they're about systemic racism. If you have the perspective where the cops have protected you your whole life, that's not how they treat everybody. We should accept no racism among our cops. Racist sheriffs and police free to commit untold violence against anyone they please. We have to stop the black killing fields, okay? We know we have racist police. You know what this is? This is misinformation. This is dangerous misinformation, and they've been pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. We're living with the results, America, of all races, living with the results of these lies. Now, unlike the left, I don't think it should be illegal to say this stuff. You can say whatever you want, unfortunately, Um, but you can. This is still America. You can be wrong. The left, though, they want to control the way we speak. They want to brand what we say is misinformation, and who's going to do it? Nina Jankalo, I believe her name is. This 33-year-old woman is going to be the head of the Digital Governance uh, Board, and they'll determine what's misinformation and disinformation. They have some nerve. Her credentials are well, non-existent. She's 33 years old, and somehow she's going to be the... Uh, <laughs> it's absurd. It's absurd. And her judgment is fatally flawed. Uh, Take a look at her assessment of the Hunter Biden laptop. This person says she knows what misinformation is. She engages in it all the time. The the accusation is that Hunter Biden, in serving on the board of a Ukrainian company, which, you know, he is allowed to do, he was not the only foreign expert serving on on the board of a Ukrainian company, was involved in some corrupt behavior of that company. This company has been investigated for a long time. Okay, and it's nothing. There's nothing to see here, folks. Right? She said he's an expert. Hunter Biden is an expert <laughs> in uh, in Russian natural gas issues. Okay, misinformation point number one. What else? Uh, there's never been any indication that Hunter Biden was involved in anything untoward. Uh, there are questions about whether he should have taken that board appointment, um, given his his father's role as you know, the Obama administration's main emissary to Ukraine. But that's not necessarily something that Joe Biden has control over. It certainly has nothing to do with uh, <laughs> with with Joe Biden's policies toward Ukraine. Untoward. It's all giggly, right? It's all. <laughs> of course, there's nothing wrong here. How about this for to thank him for the meeting with the vice president of the United States. Now, Joe Biden has lied about this routinely. And as far as getting things done inside Ukraine for Burisma, Joe has bragged about this as well. He has, he has, he has, he has. How many countries did Joe insist that a prosecutor get fired? I'd love to ask him that because I actually know the answer. It's one, it's Ukraine. And the prosecutor was looking into Burisma. The fake news can deny it, they can lie about it, but it's true. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion, I'm gonna be leaving here, and I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch, (laughs) got fired. It goes on like this, Uh, allegation after allegation, they just laugh off, oh, there's nothing here, there's something here, there is. 
and they laugh about it. Remember, this is the, the new minister of disinformation. She's going to tell us what's misinformation or not. It's insane. There's a whole host of other allegations that just don't even bear repeating, but they basically come uh, through these vectors of untrustworthy information in Ukrainian society to Joe, uh, to uh, Rudy Giuliani, excuse me, um, and then make their way to uh, the president's ears. <laughs> See how they're just laughing about this? Oh, it's just Rudy Giuliani. And we know what the fake news said about Rudy Giuliani, right? Oh, he's crazy. Oh, you can't listen to Rudy Giuliani. It's just funny, right? <laughs> no, it's real. You know the truth. I know that we know the truth. And I think one day Rudy's going to be vindicated. Of course, Donald Trump will be, he's already vindicated in my book. And maybe Joe Biden will have to face the music. Stay with us up in Wisconsin. A pro-life organization is torched by the radical woke left and nobody seems to even care. We do, and we'll be right back with the woman who's fighting for life. A liberty-loving American takes on Washington, Hollywood, and the whole media establishment. He's Chris Salcedo. Join his fight. Tune in to The Chris Salcedo Show every weekday afternoon on Newsmax. You are looking at uh, the partially destroyed offices of Wisconsin Family Action. That is a pro-life organization. Uh, They've been around for decades. Absolutely horrible. Look at what they wrote on the outside. If abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. This is terrorism, folks. And how about this from a reporter? A reporter uh, wrote this. She's from Rewire News Group. More of this. May these people never know a moment of peace or safety until they rot in the ground. This is scary, scary stuff. This is illegal stuff, but I see very little outrage about it. I am pleased to have with us Julaine Appling. She is the president of Wisconsin Family Action. Uh, she's been there for over 25 years. Uh, welcome, Julaine. I'm sorry you're going through this. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, Greg. You know, it was Sunday morning. It was early Sunday morning. No one was here in our office, and we were doing what we normally do on Sunday, right? We were in church. So um, we're all well, and we're actually I'm sitting uh, just feet away from that office that you just showed. That's my office, and uh, obviously I can't use it right now. Are you getting enough support from law enforcement? Uh, has the FBI been by? And uh, how would you grade the media's interest in your story? And I'm talking about really on the ground there in Wisconsin. Sure. You, you know, Greg, that's a good question because um, originally when this happened on Sunday, immediately law enforcement was out here, right, local. And then eventually we were joined um, by FBI agents and we also had the um, ATF, the AFT people here. And just tonight, just a few moments ago, the detective at the local police department and the FBI agent came back in light of what happened today, you know, with a group taking responsibility for this. So as far as uh, what I, I think they're being fairly aggressive on this. Listen, the chief of police in Madison blew it. That statement that the chief of police issued was terrible. But I think that the detective, the, the detective himself is doing what needs to be done. Now, as far as coverage, um, I will say that every major media outlet in the state that are in the Madison and Milwaukee area has been to our office and have, you know, the TV crews have been here. 
we've heard from basically all the print outlets, I think, are, you know, digital outlets in Wisconsin. My, my main complaint on that is there's two things they've done. Number one, many of them characterize us as anti-abortion. We're, we're pro-life. That's who we are. We talk about things in positive terms. Second thing, uh, a few of them did, was they said, a fire broke out in my office. Fire didn't break out in my <laughs> office. They started a fire in my office. They threw Molotov cocktails into my office, for Pete's sake. So, um, yeah, so overall, there's been some, it's been a little bit more even-handed than you might expect, Greg, and I'll tell you why I think that. I think that the evidence is too, is too stark for them to say, oh, this is no big deal. They, they wanted to blow up our building, for Pete's sake. You sure. know, Molotov cocktails are, are, they use those in war. I'm gratified to hear that the FBI and law enforcement is taking it seriously. I really am, actually. I think there should be more of a national conversation about what's happening there, though. Surely if you were, say, a uh, an abortion clinic that was hit by the right, I mean, this would be, you would be a national household name at this point. Did you say a moment ago, though, that they know who's uh, responsible? They, they've associated this with the group? Well, they don't know for sure who has done it, but this morning there was a uh, some kind of a, a tweet that was put out, um, and I don't know who the gentleman was, but he claims that a group has issued a statement. The group's name is Jane's Revenge, okay, for Jane Doe, and they this group is saying, hey, we did what this incident here in Madison for the Wisconsin against the Wisconsin Family Action, and we're going to do more. And we're going to do it across the country. We're not going to give any warning. And we're coming for all the pro-life groups, whether they're pregnancy resource centers or whether they're groups like ours, a public policy um, organization. They were very bold in it. So um, what we don't know yet, Greg, is whether that is that is the truth, whether or not this is really the group that did it. People can go to... Uh... W.I., abbreviation for Wisconsin, WIFamilyCouncil.org. That's your website. W.I. WIFamilyAction.org. Either one. All righty. And uh, do me a favor in 20 seconds. Tell us a little bit about what you guys do uh, for people. Well, look, we're a state family policy council. We're independent, but there's about 40 of us around the country that do this work. Our mission is to work to strengthen, preserve, and promote marriage, family, the sanctity of human life, and religious freedom. And that makes us unique in Wisconsin because three of those four areas, nobody else is doing that from a conservative viewpoint. And we take ours from a Christian viewpoint in addition to conservative. So we're in the, we work in the legislature, we work in the media, we work in the culture, we work in churches, we educate, we advocate, and we get involved with elections. Julaine Appling, continued success and uh, safety, of course, safety. Thank you. Uh, this should not have happened, but uh, as you, we know, good things can happen from horrible events. Thank you, Jelaine. All the best. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate, appreciate that greatly. You bet. Be right back. Donald Trump represented someone listening to millions of Pennsylvanians who felt like no one was fighting for them. And we cannot go back to the days when elected officials in Washington thought of Pennsylvania as just two cities and a whole lot of farmland in between. The best of Pennsylvania, people unite around their neighbors, they unite around the small business owners in their community. And for me, 
I'm most proud of the fact that in a moment of deep crisis, I rolled up my sleeves and we helped a lot of people. That's Jeff Bartos. He is a Republican running for the United States Senate in Pennsylvania. He joins us right now live. Uh, Welcome to Newsmax, uh, sir. Uh, You got one week to go. How do you feel? I feel great, Greg. We put about 2,000 miles on the car just over the last four days, crisscrossing this gigantic state. And uh, we're going straight through Sprint, right through with a lot of coffee and a lot of adrenaline, a lot of great prayers and good wishes right through at 8 p.m. next Tuesday. We, so we feel terrific. And thank you so much for running that ad. You remind me how much I've aged in a year. <laughs> I would say, I thought, wow, that's a, because that's a, I saw you in the debate last week. And by the way, you did a great job hammering Dave McCormick. You guys seem to, uh, well, we have this moment all queued up. Let's take a look. Firms like David's made $600 million over a decade. Pennsylvania seniors didn't get what they paid for. Indeed, they got screwed. David and his firm got rich. Pennsylvania seniors and all taxpayers got screwed. I'm not going to apologize for the success I had. Fa- fight facts every day facts, make- Mehmet, $4 billion. $14 billion short. $14 billion short. 2% and 20% substandard returns. I could have gotten better returns in an S&P 500 index fund paying 10 basis points. You know, can That's you true. break that down for us? Uh, he, he, hedge fund guy, he did work for Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania teachers. What went wrong? This is a huge issue that it gets very complicated and voters tend to tune out. So to just kind of bring it back to what really matters, we, have, we pay for our schools with property taxes here in Pennsylvania. And every taxpayer pays it. And seniors, for as long as I can remember, seniors are making decisions about whether they can stay in their homes because property taxes keep going up. They keep going up because investment firms just take too much in fees, and they deliver pretty crappy returns. Um, I have other words for it, but we'll just stay with that. Pretty poor returns. And so the point I was making there was Dave and his firm made $600 million, or almost $600 million over a decade. Pennsylvania seniors and all taxpayers, in fact, got screwed. We didn't get what we paid for. And in fact, Greg, the point I made at the end, had we just put the money in an S&P 500 index fund or a total market fund paying almost no uh, fees, uh, we would have made about $14 billion more and paid almost nothing in fees. You're going against some big guns. You got him. You got Dr. Raz. Uh, let's put those guys aside for a second. Why you? Why should they vote for you? If you can boil that down to uh, a short amount of time. Why you, Mr. Bartos? Sure. Here we are. I've been fighting for Main Street, Pennsylvania since day one. That's been the whole campaign. While these outside groups, these Wall Street groups are spending tens of millions of dollars. And now we got the club coming in, I think, today spending two and a half, three million, four million dollars for what? Our fellow Pennsylvanians know for sure, Jeff Bartos, for a year plus, really two years plus, has been fighting for working families, fighting for Main Street. And so as we get into the last week, here's the closing argument. It's really simple. I'm the only one who can guarantee a win against John Fetterman in November. John Fetterman spent the pandemic bulldozing Main Street. I spent the pandemic trying to save Main Street. And that's what I'm going to do in the Senate. Pennsylvanians know that Jeff Bartos has been fighting for them. Indeed, the whole campaign has been about the people of Pennsylvania. And you'll notice, Greg, on the debate stage, they all make it about themselves. I make it about the people of Pennsylvania. Jeff Bartos, good luck. Check out um, uh, JeffBartos.com. There it is. All the best, sir. Good luck. Thank you so much for having me. Good night. You bet. We'll be right back. Hey, we got primaries in Nebraska and West Virginia. We got to see if the Trump endorsements, if those guys win. Stand by. Tom Basile will be here. Uh, Rob Schmidt, Stinchfield, the rest. Enjoy it. And I'll see you tomorrow. Many thanks.